It's the Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. Here's Rob Carney. It's the Friday, October 8th edition of the Heartland at Noon, brought to you by Purpose Financial and Heritage Insurance, working together to serve you better. Happy Thanksgiving. There's a community meal at Riverside Mission this afternoon. If you or you and yours are hungry, wonderful meal being dished up takeout style. We've got more on that coming up. COVID-19, we've got the latest stats. We're back up to 216 active cases in South Central. That's up by 10 from yesterday, trending in the wrong direction as we head into the Thanksgiving long weekend. The local by-election to decide the next mayor of Moose Jaw coming up November 3rd. Today we feature current city councilor Heather Eby, one of the nine candidates. Fatberg. You ever hear of a Fatberg? I think it'd make a really good nickname for a portly guy, but a Fatberg is what plugged our sewer system in Moose Jaw this week. And we were hours away from a terrible situation. We'll share that story. Warriors Hockey at Mosea Place tonight as the Pats come to town. I've got a pair of tickets to give away on this program. Stay tuned for your chance to win them. And the Warriors making history this week with the election of their first ever female member of the Board of Directors. She is Maggie Sinclair. We'll have more on that story today on the Heartland at Noon. You're listening to 800 CHAB Moose Jaw, a Golden West radio station. Discover Moose Jaw News for Ivermain Place. Small town life is great when you're surrounded by people with big hearts. Contact today for senior living opportunities at Ivermain Place Central Butte. Good afternoon, I'm Haley Shirky. Four deaths related to COVID-19 were reported yesterday. After an investigation by the Roy Romano Provincial Laboratory, it was discovered that there were 241 positive cases that weren't considered in September's case numbers. The 241 cases are being added to yesterday's case numbers, bringing it up to 650 positive cases being reported. Along with that, there are 393 recoveries. The South Central Zone has 17 of the new cases, Saskatoon has 82, and Regina has 97. 348 people are hospitalized, 270 are receiving inpatient care, while 78 are in the ICU. Saskatchewan Premier Scott Moe looked to debunk misinformation about vaccinations and proof of vaccinations. Mo said that spreading misinformation about vaccines is costing lives. He also addressed the proof of vaccinations infringing on people's rights and freedoms. Government has had to make a choice uh, between your right to go to a restaurant, your right to go to a hockey game, your right to go to a gym without pr- providing your proof of vaccination or proof of negative test, or other Saskatchewan people's right to access the health care system, and we've chosen the latter. As of Thursday, 76% of hospitalizations are not fully vaccinated. What is being called a fatberg clogged up the main sanitary sewer line in the north end of the city earlier this week. A blockage of grease and fat, as well as other materials that the sanitary line can't handle, caused the blockage. Darren Stephenson, director of Public Works, said residents need to be careful what they are putting down the drain. Grease. Wet wipes, all those kind of things don't really belong in the sanitary system. That's not what it's designed uh, to handle. Um, And we want to see those go into other waste streams rather than into that pipe system. Stephenson thanked his crew for fixing the blockage, as many of them had to come in after hours to fix the problem. 
plans are being finalized for the brand new building that will replace Riverside Mission in Moose Jaw. Executive Director of Souls Harbor Rescue, owner of Riverside, Joe Miller, says construction will start as soon as possible. Uh, we start on that next spring sometime. We're hoping April, May, June, somewhere in there. The $4.3 million project will take over the roles that the Riverside Mission offers, but it will also offer things like affordable housing suites and programs, addiction clinics, and it will become a food distribution center for Southern Saskatchewan's food banks. Alana Ray Remfel, owner of Against the Grain Artisan Gallery and Tattoos, has teamed up with Flirting with Fido and the Running Wild Rescue for a fundraiser, Tats for Tails. Several tattoo artists have pre-drawn tattoos between $100 and $200. All funds raised will go directly to the animal's care. Rimfel tells us what kinds of tattoos are available. Everything is going to be animal-themed. So basically there's a bunch of cute um, and super cool designs that are all related. And it's not just to cats or dogs. Like There will be other ones as well. The fundraiser will be held at Against the Grain in downtown Moose Jaw on Sunday from noon to 6 p.m. And it is on a first-come, first-served basis. Fire Prevention Week ends this Saturday, but thinking about fire safety should be an all-year-round concern. The theme for Prevention Week is learning the sounds of fire safety. Fire alarms should be installed close to or even inside your bedroom. Public Education Officer at the Moose Jaw Fire Department, Kathy Bassett, says that alarm keep-up is also important. Cast them once a month. Uh, change your battery once a year. So I like to tell families, pick somebody in your family's birthday and change them every year on that birthday. Be sure to make an escape route and meeting point with everyone in your household. Also, if there is a fire, be sure to stay under the smoke while trying to escape. And now, the Golden West Radio Money Scope for Aaron Rustin of Purposed Financial, bringing understanding and financial success to clients for over 35 years. The TSX is up 34 points, the Dow Jones is up 14 points, the NASDAQ is down 35 points, and the Canadian dollar is up at 80.14 cents U.S. And do you have a story to share? Click Submit News on discovermoosejaw.com. A New Brunswick coroner's jury has ruled the police shooting death of an Indigenous man a homicide. Rodney Levi was shot dead by RCMP in Sunny Corner in June 2020 after officers responded to a complaint about a man with knives at a home. The five-member jury has issued a long list of recommendations, including greater suicide intervention training for the RCMP. It's also recommending the acceleration of programs across the country to equip officers with body cameras. Ontario and Shoppers Drug Mart are partnering to distribute free menstrual products in schools. Education Minister Stephen Lachey says not being able to afford menstrual products shouldn't be a barrier to a student's education. Ontario joins BC, Nova Scotia and Prince Edward Island in making the move to fight what's known as period poverty. The Bloc Québécois is being confirmed as the winner of the Quebec riding of Trois-Rivières after a judicial recount. Elections Canada says the Bloc beat the Conservatives by 83 votes. The Tories went to court to request a recount to check the original result, which had the bloc winning the seat by 92 votes. And Google will no longer allow digital ads promoting false climate change claims to appear next to the content of other publishers. 
The search giant hopes to deny money to those making such claims and to stop the spread of misinformation on its platform. The company says the new policy will also apply to YouTube, which last week announced a sweeping crackdown on vaccine misinformation. I'm Pam Fedick. Now, discover Moose Jaw Sports. Moose Jaw Warriors, Regina Pats. Western Hockey League action tonight at Mosaic Place in Moose Jaw. Game time, 7 o'clock. All the action on Country 100, starting with a pregame show at 6.40 and play-by-play to follow with the voice of the Warriors, James Gallo, and Warriors Hall of Famer, Derek Kletzel. And the Warriors want fans to know you can get pre-screened for your vaccination until 4.30, right at Mosaic Place. Of course, proof of vaccination is required to attend events at the local arena. The U18 AAA Warriors are on the road this weekend. They've got games tomorrow and Sunday in Yorkton. High school football this weekend. Central Cyclones travel to Yorkton to play the Raiders tonight. And then two games tomorrow at Guthridge Field. Vanier up against the Weyburn Eagles. Peacock Tornadoes will host Esteban. Friday night football in the CFL. It's the Edmonton Elks visiting the first place Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Saskatchewan Rough Riders are at home tomorrow against the Calgary Stampeders. Houston Astros and Tampa Bay Rays, the winners in the first two American League Division Series games yesterday. The Astros coasted to a 6-1 victory over the White Sox, while the Rays blanked the Boston Red Sox 5-0. Wall-to-wall baseball today. The White Sox and Astros game two of their series just getting underway. The Atlanta Braves and Milwaukee Brewers play at 2.30. Then it's Boston and Tampa at 5 o'clock, and the L.A. Dodgers and San Francisco Giants tonight. That's uh, the first game of their NLDS. That's a 7.30 start our time. Now, your Discover Moose Jaw weather. Well, pretty good for the weekend, and then it gets cool and wet next week. Special air quality statement in effect for Moose Jaw and surrounding area with all the forest fire smoke. A mix of sunny clouds, smoky, high 18 today. Clear tonight, smoky though, the low plus 3. Tomorrow, sunny, smoky, high 19. Sunday, mix of sunny cloud, 18. Holiday Monday, Thanksgiving, mix of sun and cloud, high 12. And then Tuesday, cloudy with showers, the high 9. Long range, rain on Wednesday, the high no better than 9. Snow or rain on Thursday with a high of 8 degrees. Yesterday's high in Moose Jaw was 15. Normal high at this time of year is 14. Normal low, 0. Record high for today, 27 degrees set in 1984. Record low minus 11, 1959. Sun came up at 713 and it goes down at 626. This hour, Moose Jaw 15, Regina 12, Assiniboia Gravelberg 12, Rockland Coronac 14, Swift Current 10, Elbow 11, Davidson Watrous 11. Once again, Assiniboia 12, Regina 12, and with the wind out of the south at 15 and the relative humidity at 58%, it is 15 degrees in Moose Jaw. From World Weather Incorporated, here's 800 CHAB Agriculture Weather Specialist, Drew Lerner. Colder air from Alberta has pushed into the western part of the province this morning, but it's still warm in the east, and we've had some shower activity overnight. I'm meteorologist Drew Lerner for the Golden West Radio Network. The precipitation that occurred overnight uh, started off in the southwest corner of the province late yesterday afternoon, and it advanced to the east-northeast, pushing to the east-central and southeastern parts of the province overnight. Most of the precipitation's been light, but it has been moisture, and that's 
that's always a good sign. The temperatures are cooling down quite a bit. We have a few readings out in the far west that have dropped below freezing this morning. We are going to see a more active weather pattern for a little while in Manitoba, but I don't think Saskatchewan is going to be too deeply involved with that. We will see our temperatures bouncing around a little bit closer to seasonal normals for a while, but not so much for today or tomorrow. We will be seeing temperatures working their way higher today, with afternoon readings expected to be in the upper teens through the lower 20s, and we'll look for temperatures tomorrow afternoon to be warmer still. We'll look for the afternoon readings back into the lower and a few middle 20s. After that, another round of cooling is expected to begin on Sunday, but the eastern part of our region will continue to be warm on Sunday afternoon, and the temperatures over that way will likely be in the lower to middle 20s one more time. Temperatures in the far west on Sunday will begin to cool down, not very dramatically. We'll still be in the lower 20s most of the day, I imagine. But a northwest flow of air will likely push into the region as we move from Sunday afternoon into the first part of next week. That'll push our temperatures down across the province, and most everybody will be seeing temperatures a lot closer to normal uh, as we go forward into the middle part of the week this week. A storm system in the northern and central U.S. plains is expected to evolve during the early to middle part of next week, and as it evolves, it will begin to spread some moisture into eastern parts of Saskatchewan. Most of that's going to occur probably on Tuesday night and Wednesday, and maybe linger a little bit into Thursday. Manitoba will feel the brunt of the storm, but we will see some moisture in the easternmost part of our province as well. The majority of the precipitation will stay to the east of a line from Melfort down towards Estevan, though, and the moisture totals will run from 3 to around 15 millimeters, but that's an early guess. But the storm system has a long ways to go before it's ready to fully verify. We do anticipate colder weather, though, after that storm system passes. For the Golden West Radio Network, I'm meteorologist Drew Lerner. Hi folks, Tim from Young's Equipment, your genuine Case IH parts and service dealer. Harvest is moving fast, so let's plan for next year. Book winter inspections on Case IH combines, tractors, and sprayers. Pricing of these quality service packages is held from last year until January 31st. Book now to take advantage of 10% off all genuine Case IH parts installed with the inspection. Special trucking rates and Young's loyalty program. Slots are filling fast. Contact Young's Equipment to avoid disappointment. Check youngs.ca today. This is Greg Marsnick from Heritage Insurance, and you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. Road Report on the Heartland Noon is brought to you by My Addictions Clothing Boutique in the Tammy Country Mall. New fall fashions have arrived, small to 2XL. Rising gas prices. Again, our top story on the Road Report. A number of local stations went up 7 cents to 138.9. Another one's at 141.9. And a handful have gone up to 143.9. Wow. Make that 22 different construction projects on the go in Moose Jaw. City Hall adding two more today. Ninth Northwest, south of Caribou, where that intersection is close. There's sewer and water relay going on there right on the hill. Alder Avenue, water service leak between Oxford and Marlborough. It'll be busy downtown Moose Jaw tonight. Warriors hosting the Regina Pats. Keep that in mind. And the Trans-Canada Highway will be busy tomorrow night between Moose Jaw and Regina, too, as the Saskatchewan Rough Riders host the Calgary Stampeders tomorrow. Now, today's Paul Martin commentary. Building a strong and vibrant economy is a little like going to the gym where you have to work at getting fit. 
And a couple new reports suggest Canada could do with a workout regime. They're authored by the Fraser Institute, which look at Canada's ability to innovate, as well as our standing in the world in terms of economic freedom. On the latter, on economic freedom, we have fallen out of the top 10, now standing number 14 in the world. Places like New Zealand, Denmark, and even Georgia outpace us on property rights, sound monetary policy, and the ability to trade. Simultaneously, the Institute released a report on competitiveness, which shows declining investment, productivity, business startups, and overall economic growth. Ironically, these can be cyclical. When we start to lag, we tend to ask government for more rules to prevent the more competitive forces from pushing us aside. But more government action leads to more restrictions, and that reduces freedoms that we actually need to succeed. The answer may lie in stepping up our own game rather than trying to slow up the competition. I'm Paul Martin. Moose Jaw, notoriously entertaining. Tomorrow will be the last homegrown market of the season. Come out to Langdon Crescent from 8 to 1, rain or shine, for the final homegrown market of the season tomorrow. Strike up some fun this weekend at the South Hill Bowling Center. Rock and Glow Bowling is back Friday and Saturday nights and Saturday afternoons. Knock down some pins with your friends and family. South Hill Bowling. Call 693-0955 to book your spot. This is Aaron Rustin of Purpose Financial, where we've been bringing clarity, understanding, and success to our clients' personal financial plans for over 35 years. And you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800-CHAB. The latest on COVID-19, perhaps the most important piece, there's a COVID-19 vaccination clinic in Moose Jaw today. It's on until 5 o'clock. Pfizer and Moderna are available on the Moose Jaw exhibition grounds. Updated stats from yesterday, four more people have died 4,564 active COVID-19 cases, 348 people are in hospitals, 270 in inpatient care, 78 people in intensive care units. The local South Central Zone with five new cases. We now have 216 active cases, so that's up from 206 that we reported yesterday. The Saskatchewan Health Authority on Facebook uh, posting a message from Dr. Corey Newdorf, the Interim Senior Medical Health Officer. I won't read it all, but you can certainly see the uh, Saskatchewan Health Authority and uh, their messaging on Facebook. Uh, Dr. Newdorf saying, as we prepare for Thanksgiving in the midst of this fourth wave of COVID-19, the SHA medical health officers are reminding all of us that there are steps you can take to stay safe while gathering with friends and family. The most important thing you can do for yourself and your family is to get a COVID-19 vaccine, but it's especially important to be vigilant while celebrating Thanksgiving. Currently, the prime primary source of transmission of COVID-19 in Saskatchewan is happening through household gatherings. If you're meeting inside, be aware of the vaccination status of all of your guests and remember that children under the age of 12 are at a higher risk as they cannot be vaccinated just yet. In a related story, school divisions set to implement vaccination procedures. Both the local Prairie South and Holy Trinity Catholic School Divisions are moving towards administrative procedures to mandate vaccinations or negative COVID-19 tests for staff. Discover Moose Jaw's Sean Slatt reporting. The Prairie South School Division is putting together an administrative procedure when it comes to COVID-19 vaccinations and negative tests among staff and teachers. A motion was passed 7-3 to that the Director of Education would put in place a COVID-19 administrative procedure and that that administrative procedure excludes all students. Opposed to the motion were trustees Mary Jukes, John Bumbach and Darcy Pryor. 
Many of the trustees voiced their discomfort in making public health decisions with no guidance from the provincial government. Jukes had strong words for the government. I always get told, it's not your business, get in your own sandbox. And is this our sandbox? Or should we be saying to Saskatchewan Health, do your job. And I've been around education for a long time, and I believe that we've carried Saskatchewan Health maybe for a long, long time. And maybe it's about time we said to Sask Health, do your job, and we will do our job. And our job is to educate kids. Bumback said they need to have a medical expert's guidance if they want to make an informed decision. I would strongly suggest that we pass this back to Premier Mo and his experts. And I'll reiterate, I don't feel qualified. I'm not a health expert. There were also concerns about the process of putting together an administrative procedure. Generally, an administrative procedure is put together by the Director of Education and does not need to have to come back to the school board for approval. However, a number of trustees were concerned about the details of how the procedure would work. Director of Education Ryan Bowen said he would work with the trustees to make sure they were happy with the policy before anything was implemented. What we just want to clarify is is that is this something the school division thinks we should pursue or not pursue? So I think if, if we need to change the recommendation that, to make it more clear, that certainly makes sense to me. Trustee Sean Davidson said one of the details that need to be looked at is how those in rural communities can access COVID-19 tests. Because in some of our more remote rural communities, um, accessing you know, professional level testing may require them to travel two hours to, to get a test. Um, I, uh, obviously, that, the detailed procedures are yet to be um, finalized by administration. I understand that, but I just want to get that plug in, that, that rapid testing, uh, given our geographic situation, should be an acceptable uh, proof of negativity. Trustee Todd Johnson put forward the motion and voiced his support. I advocated for the school staff um, when vaccinations first came out. I uh, advocated for them to be moved to the front of the list, all the school staff. And I see this as, as an extension. So um, to support our staff and, and the students um, that aren't able to get vaccinated, I see that um, uh, looking at something like this is really important and, and uh, along the same way. On the other hand, Pryor said she wasn't against vaccinations, but was against forcing people to get vaccinated. It goes against my own ethics and morals to force, coerce, or mandate an individual to act in opposition of their own values, morals, or human rights. All eligible community members have had every opportunity to be vaccinated by now. Those who have chosen vaccinations have had them. We have witnessed and lived out the effectiveness of precautions such as masking, sanitizing, and good hygiene. If this works, why do we need to mandate the vaccine or testing? I value the importance of vaccines and as a community doing our part to be safe. I worry about the long-term consequences if we do not take our time to carefully consider this administrative procedure. As of September 28th, Price House schools have been notified of 57 positive COVID-19 cases this school year. A statement was released on Monday by the Holy Trinity Catholic School Division that they would be implementing a procedure to ensure that all staff are vaccinated or they can provide a negative COVID-19 test. More details, such as the implementation date, are expected to be announced in the following weeks. The Holy Trinity Catholic School Division added that they're doing their part to keep employees, students, partners, guests, and their families safe as they work, learn, and play in their school and facilities. 
For Discover Moose Jaw News, I'm Sean Slot. All right. Thank you very much, Sean. I appreciate that. We'll take a time out. We'll be back with uh, mayoral candidate Heather Eby on the Heartland at Noon. Pumpkin spice and all things nice at the Moose Jaw Co-op. The key ingredients for Grandma's amazing apple pie. Dad's must-have mashed potatoes. Turkey so tender, you know they'll want seconds. And it all starts with a visit to the Moose Jaw Co-op grocery and in-house liquor store. Stocked with your usual favorites and limited-time seasonal liquor, beer, and wines for your gatherings, too. Plus, every Moose Jaw Co-op purchase earns you equity and cash back membership benefits. Become a Moose Jaw Co-op member today. Be part of something bigger. My parents are getting up there in age, but that doesn't stop them from having fun and living a great life. Playing bridge, dining with friends, summer fun spiels. They do it all. Mom and dad are social, active. We all feel better knowing that medications are taken on schedule, and when they need help, they've got it 24-7. And it's because we chose Ivermain Place Seniors Living in Central Butte. Personalized care plans, companionship, activities, and reasonably priced. Contact today for senior living opportunities at Ivor Main Place in Central Butte. Think you have the sweetest sidekick, the cuddliest critter, the perfect pet. Cash in on your adorable animal with the Pet Value Perfect Pet. Scroll through your camera roll and upload a photo to discovermoosejaw.com for a chance to be in the final five every month. Then vote, vote, vote. The most popular pet will win a gift card from Pet Value each month. The Pet Value Perfect Pet on discovermoosejaw.com and 800-CHAB. You're listening to 800-CHAB along with us at LBBD Auto Body. Hi, I'm Terry, and we are proud to say that we now have the highest level of accreditation for safe and quality collision repair in town. This is Greg Marsnick from Heritage Insurance, and you're listening to the Heartland at Noon on 800-CHAB. I do believe we have now featured seven of the nine local candidates running for the position of Mayor of Moose Jaw in the upcoming by-election on the Heartland at noon. Today, Heather E.B., a veteran city councilor who believes it's her time. She is with our Haley Shirky. Heather Eby has been a city councilor for over 11 years and is looking to become the next mayor of Moose Jaw. I talked to her about what changes she would bring if elected. First off, what inspired you to run for mayor? Well, after being on council for 11 years, it just kind of felt like maybe this was the right time for me to step out and uh, put myself in this position. I really hadn't planned on running for mayor when uh, former Mayor Tommy announced his resignation. Actually, all summer I hadn't planned on it. But as the time drew near to the end of um, nomination period, I just really started to feel like I wanted to give it a try. Someone said to me that uh, no matter what the outcome might be, I would never regret trying. So, yeah, I just wanted to put myself out there and see where I land. I knew that there were a few other counselors that were thinking about running, and I was totally fine with that and didn't really plan on jumping into the race. But then, I don't know, something just something just changed in me, and I just really wanted to try. Definitely. And so, do you plan to join or contribute to any local organizations or associations if you are elected? Well, as the mayor, as with even being a, a city councillor, we are involved in many um, boards and committees as it is. So um, I'm not sure uh, that there would be time to add um, 
full participation into another organization. However, if something were to come along, that I definitely would be open to that. But I certainly want to keep my time free to dedicate to the role of mayor. What changes would you like to bring to Moose Jaw if you are elected? Well, I don't know about um, any big sweeping changes. First of all, I do know that as the mayor, you are just one vote. You don't get to come in and make sweeping changes because you uh, have to work with the with city council and, and work as a group to make any, any policy changes or any program changes. So definitely um, want to continue doing that. Uh, as you know, this group has only been together for just, well, it'll be just a year when election day happened. And so we have just kind of got started on our term together. This council has really found a way to come to consensus on a lot of issues, and we have been getting a lot of things done. So what I want to do is continue building on that great foundation that we've laid in this past year and really um, continue working on the things that, that are underway. So as far as coming in and making big changes, I, I the mayor doesn't really have the opportunity to come in and make big sweeping changes. They are the leader, and they are one voice and one vote. But uh, I just want to be there to lead, and I really do believe that um, as we make our way through the pandemic, and hopefully we are almost out of it, that uh, we're going to see an opportunity for a really great bounce back. And I want to just, I guess the change I want to make is that we'll be really, as an organization and as a community, we'll be prepared and uh, healed enough to really partake in the economic bounce that I'm sure will come following the pandemic. Yeah, and so it says in your bio that you've been self-employed for 28 years. Um, That's a really big accomplishment. And so what is self-employment to you and how will this affect your mayoral position? Well, actually, uh, 29 years ago, I was still working at the radio station, to be honest, and it was a huge step for me to... um, go out on my own and start working for myself. I am a self-employed massage therapist. I have worked full-time all of these years. And so my clients have become so, so valuable to me. And I just, I'm so grateful every day for the work that I've been able to do and the relationships that I've made. So I will be completely honest, that was one of my biggest hurdles, I guess, to get over in my mind about running for mayor because I know that being the mayor is a full-time position, and if elected or when elected, it will change for sure um, my business. I'm not going to be able to do both. So I really had to wrestle that through, and I, you know, that's a big thing for me because my clients have supported me for 28 years, just me and, uh, and my family. So that's a, that's a huge thing for me, but all of my clients are very aware that I'm passionate about the city of Moose Jaw, that I have loved being a city councillor, and uh, they were probably among the first ones to be encouraging me to run for mayor long before I was ready to uh, to take the plunge. So, yeah, it, being self-employed has been the best job in the world, but it's also very difficult because you don't have anyone to fall back on there's no um there's no sick days there's no paid holidays uh, there's no pension so um it's it's been a it's been a great lifestyle but it's been it's been a grind for sure
but I've loved every minute of it. What do you think makes you different from the other candidates? I know that each candidate has put their name forward with the very best of intentions and every candidate would bring something good to the table. Uh, I guess what would set me apart is I do have 11 years of experience uh, at City Hall. I have been mentored by three different mayors, all with very um, different strengths, and I have really um, soaked up everything I could learn from them beginning with Glenn Hagel, uh, who was an awesome mentor when I was the greenest of, of counselors back in 2009. I, I think also the fact that I really do understand the limitations of mayor. I know the things that the mayor certainly can accomplish, but I also know that there are many things that, that others might think, oh, I can go in and be mayor and we're going to do this, this, and this. And I understand that, that those things just they're just not possible because that's not how it works. So I think my understanding of, of the role and the position really does make a difference. And um, I, I, I think being self-employed all these years, I have really built a, a great business based on relationships with people and uh, with the fact that people trust me. And I've built a, a life in Moose Jaw based on people. And I do know that, uh, that that's a really important thing for the mayor. And one of the main things I will do when I'm the mayor is be sure that I return every phone call, every email uh, that I get. And that, that doesn't mean that every problem that is brought to me will be fixed because I have a magic wand, because the mayor does not have a magic wand. But I will listen and try to help people find the answers or solutions they're looking for and will do the best I can on that way. Like I said, not saying I'll solve every problem, but I will certainly um, hear people out. All right. Well, perfect. Heather, that was all of the questions that I had today. Was there anything else that you would like to add that I might have missed? I'm really excited for November 3rd and, and for this, actually for the weeks leading up to it. And I will absolutely trust the decision of the citizens of Moose Jaw if they elect me, I will do the absolute best job for them. And if they choose someone else, I will work alongside whoever the new mayor is, and we will make this uh, next three years of this term great. So um, even if I'm not successful, I plan to still work hard for the citizens of Mushra and to be a team player on city council. Heather Eby, one of nine locals running for the position of mayor on the November 3rd by-election. We'll take a time out and be back with more uh, city news. Uh, we, were, we were close to having a very, very messy situation for a lot of local citizens earlier this week when our sewers got backed up by a fatberg. What's a fatberg? You'll learn all about it when we come back to the Heartland at noon. Attention malt barley growers. Prairie Malt and Bigger is offering competitive bids on 2021 Copeland, Metcalf, Synergy, Connect, Fraser, and Bow Barley varieties. And they also require soft white wheat, so send them samples today. Aggressive bids and nearby movement is available for malt barley and soft white wheat into Bigger, Saskatchewan. Contact Prairie Malt today for details and pricing. 1-306-948-3500. 1-306-948-3500. Call today. Larry from the park with the greatest, biggest, most awesome special ever. Coors Light 24 cans, only $37.50 plus taxes and deposit. That's $45.50 total. Wow. Only at the park. 
only while supplies last. Start your engines. On your marks. Get set. Go. Don't be that guy. Keep your truck running in tip-top shape with Moose Jaw Truck Shop. Not going to be a quick fix? No worries. They now offer loaner vehicles. The caring service you'd expect from a family-run business. The results you deserve, backed by years of training and experience. Your number one diesel truck experts. Moose Jaw Truck Shop. Visit them online at moosejawtruckshop.com. Localjobshop.ca. Right now, the perfect employee for your business could be looking for the right job opportunity at localjobshop.ca. Make sure they find you. Post your job listings today. It's local. It's free. Localjobshop.ca. You're listening to 800 CHAB. Hey, it's Chrissy at Budget Blinds. It's October, and it's our biggest sale of the year. Come see us today. This is Aaron Rustin of Purpose Financial, where we've been bringing clarity, understanding, and success to our clients' personal financial plans for over 35 years. And you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800-CHAB. You can uh, read this story on discovermoosejohn.com today. A fatberg, the cause of sewer line blockage on Monday. It forced residents on the north side of Moose Jaw to conserve water. The emergency uh, word went out. On Monday, and the problem did get solved, but uh, it was close to being a terrible situation. Discover Moose Jaw's Sean Slat following up with Director of Public Works Darren Stephenson. Yeah, I guess, uh, first of all, Darren, uh, I hear this is being called a fatberg that clogged up the sanitary system in the north end of the city earlier this week. Can you tell me a little bit what's meant by a fatberg? Yeah, really, what that's, that's referencing is um, the materials that actually create the mass that blocks the system. So Typically, you're going to get uh, greases, um, fats, and stuff that are flushed down people's drains uh, from food products and such, and those will then eventually uh, solidify and harden into the in the sanitary system, and then they'll start collecting other debris that's in the in the pipe that doesn't necessarily belong. So things like feminine hygiene products, uh, uh, wet wipes, uh, even though they say they're biodegradable, they don't. Uh, break down in the sanitary system very quick, so all that starts to collect on those, those grease or fat deposits, and it, and it forms a large mass that then it, you know, kind of solidifies and blocks the pipe. So I guess it sounds like it's something that uh, is somewhat avoidable. So are there things people can do to help uh, avoid something like this happening? Well, absolutely. All those products that I just mentioned, uh, avoid putting those down, uh, down your drain. Um, grease, wet wipes, all those kind of things don't really belong in the sanitary system. That's not what it's designed uh, to handle. Um, and we want to see those go into other waste streams rather than into that pipe system because uh, those do cause a significant amount of work for us throughout the year and, and they do create backups for homeowners uh, throughout the city on an annual basis. So it's, uh, it's a problem nobody uh, likes to deal with. No, for sure. And I guess uh, kind of following that, uh, how serious was uh, uh, this blockage and, or how serious could something like this be? Well, I guess in this particular instance, uh, it was on one of our main uh, sanitary trunks, so um, it's pretty serious, or has the potential to be pretty serious. Uh, as far as the city's uh, distribution network is designed, uh, this particular trunk ultimately takes the majority of sewage uh, that flows through the interior part of the city. Uh, so to paint a picture for you, that's you know from approximately 4th or 5th Avenue east all the way out to Thatcher Drive and Iron Bridge. Uh, in the center of the city, you know, from Manitoba kind of up to Thatcher uh, Drive. So 
a fairly significant portion of our population ultimately empties into this collector pipe. Uh, so having a blockage or a near full blockage like we had uh, does become quite risky because that, uh, that sewage has ultimately nowhere to go and it'll start pushing back up um, through that pipe network into people's buildings and, and such. So um, it has the potential to be very serious. How often does something like this happen? Is it fairly rare or is it a fairly uh, regular occurrence? Well, it's unfortunately a fairly regular occurrence on our smaller pipe network. Uh, so, you know, our six and eight inch domestic lines uh, that most residences would have in their block, uh, it's not unusual for us to get this with people putting stuff down in the, in the sewer system that, that doesn't belong. This one was a little more unique, uh, given that it was a 24-inch line. Generally, we don't have these kind of blockages occur in those lines, uh, so it certainly was a little more rare uh, from that standpoint, and, and certainly that's what made it a little more uh, serious issue for us. How easily are these things able to be fixed? Is it pretty easy, or I'm guessing in this case it was a little bit more complicated? Uh, <clears throat> well, it depends on the, on the nature of the failure, right? So. When we start having a sewer surcharge in this situation, typically it is a blockage, but we don't know that going in. Uh, it could be a collapse of the sanitary system, which does occur, especially as they age. And on a major trunk, that is a very, that's probably the most serious issue we could face. Fortunately, that wasn't the problem here. With the equipment we have in our hydrovac trucks and the, and the pressurized nozzles that we have that we use to scour and clean the pipe systems, Usually they work pretty good for us. Like I said, this was, was a bit unusual on the size of pipe that we would see a blockage like this. That isn't typical for us. Uh, but we were fortunate in this case. Within a couple hours, we were able to break that deposit free and start pulling it out in, in pieces uh, um, out of the system. All right, perfect. I think that's what I had, there. unless there's anything else you'd like to add. I guess the only thing I would like to add, um, you know, again, I want to thank our staff that respond to these situations. Uh, this did actually occur uh, right after normal work shifts occurred. So most of our staff at that point are on their way home or are at home, and, and uh, we get the nice response and quick turnaround with them coming back out for this emergency and spending those couple hours after hours to make sure uh, that the public and customers aren't affected negatively when we get these issues. So I definitely want to want to say kudos and pass on that appreciation for our staff and, and their response. So the message is don't flush anything that you shouldn't flush down the toilet and uh, don't put any grease down your drains. Uh, it's uh, FOG, the city of Moose Child calls it, FOG, uh, which is an acronym for Fats, Oils, and Greases. We'll take a time out and be back to uh, share a visit with uh, the first ever female member of the Moose Jaw Warriors Board of Directors, Maggie Sinclair, on the show next. When was the last time you watched a video? Yesterday? An hour ago? Maybe you're watching one right now. People love video, and for business owners, video is a great way to promote your people, your products, and your business in an engaging way. Homefields can help with professional videography services to promote your business. Maybe you need a training video or product demonstration video. We do that. We'll even look after where your video plays to help you reach new customers. Video, Homefield can help. Success starts at myhomefield.ca. Discover Moostraw weather for Prairie Heart Mobility. Make life easier with quality mobility products. Discover your options at prairieheartmobility.com. Environment Canada has issued a special air quality statement for Moose Jaw and the surrounding area. Smoke from wildfires north of Hudson Bay continue to affect much of eastern and southern Saskatchewan. 
Poor air quality is continuing over southeastern areas of the province with extremely poor air quality and greatly reduced visibility closer to the fires. This afternoon, a mix of sun and cloud, local smoke and a high of 18. Tonight, clear, local smoke and a low of plus 3. Saturday, sunny, local smoke and a high of 19. Sunday, a mix of sun and cloud, a high of 18. Thanksgiving, Monday, a mix of sun and cloud, a high of 12. And Tuesday, cloudy with a chance of showers and a high of 9. Monday, there will be free public skate and swims available at the Kinsman Sportsplex. Free public skating will be at the arena from 1.45 to 2.45 p.m. and 3 to 4 p.m. Swim times at the pool will be from 11.15 a.m. to 1.15 p.m. You can book ahead to secure your spot at moosejaw.ca or through the City of Moosejaw app. For all your news and weather anytime, click on discarmoosejaw.com or the Moosejaw Live app. I'm Sean Slatt. This is Greg Marsnick from Heritage Insurance, and you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. She's been a part of the Moose Jaw Warriors organization for years, and now Maggie Sinclair is making team history. During the team's annual general meeting on Thursday, Sinclair was elected to the Warriors Board of Directors, becoming the first female to serve on the board. Warriors Manager of Web and Digital Services, Mark Smith, with Maggie Sinclair. I guess, how does that feel? What was your reaction? Yeah, you know, um, when Chad reached out, I, I have to tell you, first and foremost, I think even having the opportunity is a bit of a testament to, you know, uh, to the organization and to the board's awareness for diversity. So long before I even, you know, kind of came into the picture, but I guess somebody has to be first. So it's pretty cool to be the one. And I, I you know, I think um, I'm just, I'm, I'm honored. And then, and then I'm also very appreciative of the fact that Chad and the board felt that I could add value to the table and you know, I think what it does too, it, like it opens the door or smashes the glass, whichever you want to look at it. And, and I think what, you know, for other, you know, strong business women that are out there thinking that they, they could add value somewhere, it just goes to show there's a seat at any table. So I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, hockey's generally a, a male dominated area. So to have this opportunity, and, and as you said, it kind of does show people that they can do anything. For sure, and it's a business still. And you know, there's lots of really good business women out there too that have great things to add value to come to the organization and to keep to help the sustainability. So I think that that speaks to, and again, it speaks to what the team's been doing around diversity as a whole. They've got coaches. They've got you know. Now we have we have um, referees and linesmen that are that are women. So it's it's, it's not missed. Yeah, for sure. Um, what do you think you can bring to the board? What what are you going to try to bring to the board uh, that maybe is different than what? has been there before for sure well besides the gender diversity (laughs) right off the hop but you know what um you know there's lots and lots of research that says that boards that have you know good diversity and a real good mix of career experience are you know far more you know have the better opportunity of being more successful and i think you look at my career and you know that my role today is the chief risk and compliance officer and then with connexus and then and then my corporate directorship you know, I, I think I'll, I'll, that'll all bode well for helping with, you know, our fiduciary responsibility and, and making sure on the governance and, and, you know, the oversight for the club. And I, I think couple that with, you know, my directorship, couple that with my experience. And then if you think about, too, I, I, I'm sure I'll, I'll bring a very different view of the business than perhaps, you know, what's on the board today. And, and I think that bodes well for the club long term. Was this ever something you considered, thought about before the opportunity came? No, not really. But you know what's interesting is that um, you know I, I you know I I love the sport, 
and you know pretty passionate about the team and keeping the team here in Mushtaf you know long term and so you know when when I when I got approached I was like oh why not yeah it makes sense yeah um, Maggie Sinclair joining me a new member of the Mushtaf Warriors board tell us about yourself and, and I guess your connection to the team as well Oh, yeah, I might date myself or age myself a bit, but you know what? So we've been, you know, our family have been a part of the Warrior organization for a long time. I mean, we billeted, our first billet was Mark Hussey back in 92, 93. So that goes back quite a ways. I was really young then. But, um, you know, and I, I think about the fact that we've, we billeted for over 10 years. We had all kinds of um, great experiences. We've made, you know, we've had boys that, that have come from all across the country. We've made friends all around the world, and you know, I think about we even moved to Australia. Carson started to play in Australia. The first person we meet is the governor of the league, and he's an, a Warrior alumni. <laughs> you know, so like, how cool is that? You know, like the family gets really, really small when you start to belong to the, you know, to the club and to the organization. So um, I think that really makes me feel like it's, it's it's a full circle coming in and and helping support. You know, from now from a governance perspective. Yeah, um, I guess what's your background in business? Tell us about that a little uh, bit. For sure. So today I'm the chief chief risk and compliance officer for Connexus. Previous to that, I've you know I've led the business banking teams across the province, and prior to that, you know financial planning and wealth management. So to say, a well versed um, you know kind of experience across the financial services and 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 in a, you know in more senior roles in the company. How excited are you to have hockey back here at Mosaic Place too? <laughs> oh yeah, I can't wait. Like that, you know, um, it was it was pretty nice. I can't wait to see the the stands get full. I, I know that our you know our first week was a little quiet, but um, it, it, it'll come. And you know, people need to feel comfortable and feel safe, and and it'll happen. But it's great for the great for the guys and great for the for the community and the league to get going. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with me tonight. Awesome, thank you. Maggie Sinclair, the first ever female member of the uh, Moose Jaw Warriors Board of Directors. Congratulations to Maggie. And uh, she's talking about how opening night was a little quiet, right? Uh, the Warriors would like to have more fans in the stands tonight as they host the Regina Pats. Hey, you want to go? You got to be vaxxed to the max. You have to be double doubled and have your proof of vaccination. Call the Moose Jaw RV and Marine contest line right now. Uh, we've got tickets to tonight's game. 693-8000 is the number to call. That's 693-8000. I'll take caller number eight for a pair of tickets to see the Warriors and the Pats tonight. I'll jump on the phone here in just a second. Uh, right now, we're talking about Riverside Mission and their Thanksgiving community meal today. Thanksgiving dinner going out takeout style this afternoon executive director of souls harbor rescue mission and uh, riverside mission joe miller with our katherine ludwig all right so can you tell me a little bit about the event this friday so we're i'm katherine ludwig and i'm chatting with joe miller the executive director of souls harbor rescue and owners of the riverside mission there's a thanksgiving community meal today on friday and it's celebrating when i say we it's souls harbor rescue mission here in regina and then riverside mission in regina in Musha. and uh, we're both celebrating this year's thanksgiving meal this friday from 3 p.m to 5 p.m so we'll start serving at three o'clock uh i think we are expecting or we're preparing for 150 people in Moose Jaw and 600 here in Regina. 
And so that's more than we prepared for in Musa than before. So normally we prepare for about 100 people, but uh, over the last two weeks or three weeks, we've seen the daily numbers in Moose Jaw rise, and we're averaging around 100, maybe a little over, maybe as high as 110 for supper meals at Riverside. And then usually we're much higher when we do a holiday meal like Thanksgiving or Christmas or Easter. So preparing 150 meals for this Friday is just uh, making sure that we have more than enough and that nobody goes without. Well, that's amazing. And is, so this is an annual event? We do this every year. We do three holiday meals. So they're Christmas, Easter, and then Thanksgiving. And um, it's hard to, uh, to know exactly how many people you'll get. But uh, we just want to make sure that uh, a lot of the people that come and use our services uh, don't have uh, uh, family or they spend the holiday alone. So in the past, we were able to provide that fellowship and that sense of community and family as well because we would uh, dine indoors and uh, we'd have a you know a communal setting and serve coffee and people could talk and, and uh, do those kinds of things. But obviously, with COVID now, we still have to go with the uh, the takeout system. So we serve each individual that come in, and they'll get their meal, and then they'll exit, and we serve the next meal. Uh, so we lose that sense of fellowship and that sense of family. But you know, in the middle of the fourth wave, we have to also make sure that everyone is safe as best as we can. So whether that's volunteers or staff or the guests themselves. We try and uh, serve it in the safest manner possible. Of course. So, how long has the have these holiday meals been put? How many years, so to say, have has a uh, Riverside Mission been doing these holiday meals for the community? I would, I would say Riverside Mission is is at least ten years. I I don't remember exactly, but uh, I would be confident in saying ten years. And uh, it's just nice to to be able to do that for, you know, the less fortunate people in society. And and right now people are facing so many challenges uh, with the pandemic and, you know, there's job insecurity and there's, uh, just different needs right now. We're seeing people that we normally don't see. The faces are different. There are different people coming to our doors and utilizing the services. So for us to be able to serve a really nice hot meal, you know, do a turkey meal with dressing and stuffing and vegetables and salad and pumpkin pie, you know, it's just a a good way to connect and to meet the needs of the people and and to let the people know that, you know, there are others out there that care for them. uh, We wouldn't be able to do this without the support that we get from the Moosejaw community. So we have businesses that support uh, the holiday meal. We have individuals that make donations of food and uh, cash donations. Uh, Now is, uh, you know, we've had some really beautiful weather. So I think the garden season has kind of been extended. So the produce is pouring in. We're getting squashes and potatoes and carrots and all these wonderful things that we can serve fresh to the people and and, uh, make sure they get a really healthy, nutritious meal. 
I'm Catherine Ludwig, and I'm chatting with Joe Miller, the executive director of Souls Harbor Rescue and owner of the Riverside Mission, about the Thanksgiving community meal that's happening today, Friday, from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. That's really amazing what Riverside Mission um, is doing for the community. It's obviously a very important part of the community, and I'm sure everyone who takes part is grateful for it. So all the food is donated. Do you know who's donated the food? Uh, it's a combination of uh, businesses and many individuals. Uh, we don't make it a point of really finding out where the donations come from unless somebody you know, says, hey, this is from, uh, from our business or whatever. So we did a, um, a, a shout-out a couple months ago in Moose Jaw. Our freezers were really low and our coolers were low. And I know at that time we asked people if they would, uh, you know, donate food or cash so that we could purchase food. And, and um, the response was amazing. The cooler and the freezers were so full that we actually moved some of that food to, uh, we shared, shared it with some other organizations. And we, we received well over $20,000 in cash at that time as well. So that put us in a really good position for the balance of the summer and especially leading into fall. You know, knowing that harvest season is upon us as well. And Joe Miller, uh, Riverside Mission Thanksgiving dinner is on today. It's takeout style. If you or someone you know needs some food, uh, 3 till 5 p.m. at the Riverside Mission down on Manitoba Street in downtown Moose Jaw. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll take a time out. We'll be back with my daily commentary to wrap up the show next. 800 CHAB, connecting the community. Hi, I'm Daisy Richardson from Hillcrest Church. We're the organizers of the Better Together Food Drive. Normally, we would be coming to your door on Halloween to collect food donations for the Moose John District Food Bank. This year, that's not possible, so we're asking our community to give online until October 31st at mjfoodbank.org or mail a check to them at 270 Fairford Street West. We're still better together. For more information, contact 306-692-5600. Connecting the community. Brought to you by Urban Cellars. Located on South Hill, serving all of Moose Jaw. They offer a large selection of wines, spirits, beers, and seltzers. Stop by today. Rasa Whitecap Charlet and How Red Angus. Serving you in the past, present, and the future. Charlet and Red Angus, designed for your ranch needs. And Community Service Radio, 800 CHAB. I find the best of the best from the witty yet dignified people I follow for Facebook Friday. Like this one. It's finally October, which means all of the cobwebs and dust in my house just became Halloween decorations. Here's a friend who shares smart cars, smart TVs, smartphones. When will they start making smart people? A middle-aged gal I follow says, The fact that 20 years ago was 2001 and not in the 80s does not sit well with me. You can share this one at breakfast this weekend. Never mind walking on eggshells. The worst is when you're eating them. Here's one to ponder. If someone made a nine-hour movie, no one would watch it because it's too long. Take the same movie and break it into nine episodes and people will watch it straight through. And one more. Someone asked me if I had plans for the fall. It took me a moment to realize they meant autumn, not the collapse of civilization. I'm Rob Kearney.